Welcome back to Sleep for Performance Radio. Today it is episode number 16. Today I am joined by Luca Torini. This was uh, a very inspiring podcast for me to record. I hope it's just as inspiring for you to listen to. Luca, not an athlete, a smoker, a drinker, a self-confessed lazy guy, really, (laughs) talks about his transition from not running to setting the Guinness world record for 260 odd kilometers on a treadmill in 24 hours in less than five years. This is a great story. It's only a great story from what Luca has achieved. It's a great story for what he's supporting as well. Luca unfortunately lost his mother to pancreatic cancer in 2011. And from that, he has been inspiring hundreds of people to get up, get moving and prevent cancer through exercise. And through his treadmill challenges and outrun cancer, Luca has raised over $500,000. This is a great podcast, guys. Great podcast for the start of the year. I encourage you to listen to this. And if you don't want to get up after this and run 5Ks, I don't know what will make you get up and run. I'm going to get straight into this episode. Three, two, one. Luca, welcome to Sleep for Performance Radio. How are you doing today? Hi, good. Thanks, Ian, for having me. A long time since we last spoke. Yes, a few years. So, Luca, you are based on the opposite coast of me here in Australia. I'm in Perth on the west, and you're in Sydney on the east. Yep, and I'm loving it over here. So, um, yeah, moved the... Uh, um, a few years ago now in 2008 and now Sydney is uh, my home and I, I truly feel that Australia is actually my home almost more than, than Italy where my accent is obviously uh, where my accent comes from and um, yeah I, I thought actually that when um, they gave me the citizenship uh, automatically I would get an Aussie accent but I'm still um, waiting for that so well, that's okay. That's okay, Luca. As you can tell, I have got my Australian accent, and it's very strong, <laughs> so you'll be fine. Somebody will listen to this podcast going, wait now, wait now, Are these, is this an Irish guy and an Italian guy in Australia talking? And yes, that is correct. Yeah. It is very hard also on, on a podcast to put in the sub, subtitles, so it's going to be interesting. We'll have interesting comments. Yeah, I think the subtitles will be more for me, not for you, so uh, I don't think I have any problem. <laughs> so Luca, you and I met a few years ago, uh, probably around 2011, 12, 13, we started conversing um, because we had some probably shared interest. At the time, I was very deep in the ultra running community and uh, I was raising money for Ronald McDonald House here in Perth. And I'm not sure, was it Andy Bone who introduced us on email? Yeah, it was, it was Andy. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, it was Andy. Because you were raising money for a challenge you were doing at the time. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that challenge you were doing? Yeah, that was uh, basically back in uh, 2012. And um, that was my first um, ever fundraising challenge. And um, I, I was raising funds for Cancer Council here in uh, New South Wales. And the challenge was to run 20 marathons in 29 days across Italy. And, well, well, um, let's just stop there very quickly. 20 marathons in 20 days or 29 days? In 29 days. 29 days so in Italy. And a, mar- and a marathon is 40, 42 kilometers or 26 miles. Correct, yeah. So okay. essentially it was uh, five, marathons, um, five marathons a week for four consecutive uh, weeks. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, but essentially, um, yeah, it was uh, basically, in Italy we have uh, 20 regions, so the challenge was to run one marathon per day in each of the regions. So the, the, the actual day was actually pretty full on, as you can imagine, because in the morning I had my marathon to run, and then we, we would have to drive from one region to the next one. And yeah. then uh, be ready for for the following day. So, and and in the twenty nine days is also because we we actually had a couple of days uh, rests here and there, just because also the traveling was um, yeah was pretty pretty full on. But that's how we we got in touch through through Andy because um, I think at the time I was just printing some uh, t shirts. I think that's right. And I yeah. got in touch with Andy 
me and then um, Andy said, ah, you should talk to Ian. And then I think we met in, uh, in the Blue Mountains as well. Uh, That's right, during a 100k yeah. run. Yeah, exactly. The, I think you were running 100k. I was just uh, there as a spectator at that time. I had not yet run a marathon, so 100k was already <laughs> out of my, uh, my horizon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Then you ran. Yeah, that's right. You ran the following year, and I think then. Yep. For a guy who never ran a hundred, you you absolutely smoked it. You were faster than I was, and I've been running for a few years. What What did you do on your first hundred k in the mountains? What time? I, I, I believe it was uh, twelve hours thirty. Um, I don't remember very well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was twelve hour thirty. Yep. Okay. Now it's worth telling people listening to this that this is like. You know, it's a hundred k's in the mountains, carrying a backpack, and it's like ninety percent off road. It's not like going, oh, I can run a marathon, so I should be able to do two marathons, roughly a hundred k's in eight hours. It's a pretty, it's a pretty tough race. And for all the running I was doing, my fastest time has been thirteen hours forty. And look at the twelve thirty. So there you go. <laughs> so look at that would that would have put you in like the top maybe. Um, Six or seven percent. Yeah, I think at that. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that. I think at that time it was um it was a very fast uh very fast time. Now with the years they've changed the course and uh, so the and the times are actually gotten faster. I think there are more and more people interested in the event. But um, but yeah, you you are perfectly right. Running that particular race, um, it's one hundred k, but you got like I think it's four and a half thousand meters elevation gain. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's and, and a lot of it, you can't really run it because a lot of it, you just need to stair climb and, and, and all of that. So, uh, it's not an easy, um, it's not an easy race at all. So, uh, just getting to the finish line, it's, it's an achievement. And if you get under 14 hours is, is a great achievement because you, got, you get the belt as well. Yeah. Belt buckle. I think I, I completed that race seven times for the hundred. Four times I went under the 14, and three times I was over. But you're right, it's a, it's a great race. And even regardless of the time you do on it, it's just a great atmosphere um, and absolutely stunning scenery as well. There's nothing better than starting that race in the morning, half six, seven o'clock, running down, you know, into, into the valleys. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, just, yeah, it makes you feel good to be alive. It's really nice up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good challenge for the mind as well because um, yeah, it, if, uh, the things that you think and you go through they change so quickly as well that during those uh, uh, fourteen hours, yeah, it's you got some um, some serious emotional roller coaster. So it's yeah, it's a great experience. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because um, people talk about meditation or silent retreats and and so on about ways to kind of dig in and find out who you are I think for me personally I have never found out so much about myself than I have on ultras particularly um, when you've been going for a long period of time 10 hours or more it's getting dark it's cold maybe on your own and it can be quite yeah it can be quite interesting I remember then after I met you I think that same year I went and did Leadville 100 miler which is the altitude in the oh. States. Um, I didn't make it that year, but I ran for like 26 hours or something and, and dropped out at the last checkpoint, unfortunately. Just, I was completely dizzy and just couldn't even keep my balance. But I went back the following year and completed the race in uh, 27 hours and 42 minutes. And when you're moving your body for 27, you know, 27 to 28 hours, you know, you go through a lot of things. You start thinking about crazy stuff from your childhood when you're four years of age, <laughs> something you said to somebody when you were at school, when you were 11, you know, it, you, just, you just kind of, you go through all these crazy emotions and it's a, it's a very interesting way to dig into, the, um, into your own mind and sort out a lot of shit, really. Um, yeah, may not, may not be the best way for everybody, but you're right, it's a very interesting roller coaster, so... <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you were doing the twenty marathons in twenty days, Luca, um, how how did you deal with that? How did you deal with that kind of kind of day in day out, getting up and going through this and pushing forward every day? 
Well, uh, I think the the important thing to say is that I had um, an extremely strong why I was doing what I was doing. So um, in um, in 2011, I lost my mom to pancreatic cancer, and um, right there and then, that, that the same night that she passed away, um, with my wife, I decided to to take on this challenge. And my reason for taking on the challenge was simply to raise some funds for cancer prevention. And um, also because throughout um, the, uh, the journey that my mom went through with cancer, I just got so interested and uh, um, so shocked at the same time of um, how much we could do to prevent cancer in terms of physical activity, diet, and um, and, and that was something that I felt I had to do. So basically with, with that why was, uh, I must admit it was so strong and so uh, powerful and so deep in, in, inside me that um, I, had, um, I had no reservations and I had no uh, sense, I guess, of, of what I was doing. Um, because again, when I, when I committed to do these um this um, challenge to run in Italy. I had not yet run a marathon in my life, and I had committed to do it 11 months later and do 20 marathons. So, I guess throughout that 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 year, the whole year, do the the training and so on. Um, I got to the point when I was running in Italy, and my why finally was so strong that um, I just I was going through the motions. So without actually stopping and thinking of what I was doing, how I was feeling, and so on, uh, which I, I think is, um, I was blessed because um, uh, I guess I was uh, also ignorant on um, the effect of my body. And, and in fact, after after the runs in Italy, I was injured for six months. But um, at the same time, I just uh, knew that I had to get up and, and run because, um, yeah, I was doing it for um, a cause bigger than, than myself. But then... Um, uh, the days were very, very interesting. So we, it's a general day. Uh, the standard day was I would get up around 5.30, get an hour between breakfast, getting ready, stretch and think, uh, figuring out the, the route that was going to run and then run a marathon that averaged between, uh, I think, 4.15 was the slowest and uh, 3.15 was the fastest. And um, I would just uh, go out, run my marathon, then uh, meet up with uh, my wife, have a, a quick recovery smoothie, and then um, jump on back on the van and drive for six or seven hours to the next um, to the next location, and then uh, set up a tent, sleep, and do it again the next day. It was fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you said fantastic because that that is a that is a very uh very arduous sort of, you know, regime. And the, the, the other thing, Luca, I'm interested in when you got to these new locations and you say you slept in a tent, did you sleep in a tent every night or just some nights? No, it, it was, no sleeping in a tent in, uh, was a, a way to say things, but I actually had a camper van, so I slept in the camper van every, okay. every night. Yeah, we, we slept in a, in a camper van every night. I think we had a couple of places where... Um, yeah, near my home place and near my sister's place where I slept on a bed, but uh, pretty much I slept on a, on a camper van or passed out on a camper van, I should say. Because, <laughs> passed out? Uh, yeah. well, that was my next question was, did, did you have any trouble actually falling asleep after these events or, you know, staying asleep due, just due to like maybe, uh, you know, muscle soreness, leg movements, being too hot, too cold? How did you go? No, I get a I get a opposite, and uh, still happens now that when I go for very long runs, I I'm still full of adrenaline, and uh, that I find hard to fall asleep. But uh, once I fall asleep, I just uh, I, I pass out completely. And I think d- d- during those twenty marathons, uh, besides the first couple of days that I was uh, really pumped and. Uh, um, too excited. Um, the rest of the times, yeah, I will, I will um, sleep not much because um, we used to stay up until pretty late trying to put stuff on the blogs and stretch and eat and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, we'll just pass out 
<laughs> and did you have any strategies, Luca, for trying to um, not just during the 20 marathons, 20 days, but even in your general kind of training, do you have any strategies how to, to fall asleep that works for you? Because what you're saying is very common amongst people who exercise, particularly in the evening after work. They find that they might finish work at five or six, get home, exercise, but then they can't get to sleep at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. What's your, what's your kind of do's and do, and do nots? So I guess um, I have a few things that, um, so for example, I never watch TV. So we have a TV in the garage in a box. Uh, so we don't watch, I, I try not to stay in front of a computer or, uh, or a screen at night. And um, the one thing, and now we have uh, two kids, uh, three years old and one year old. So they have uh, um, dinner very, very early around 7 p.m. And I found that if we also have dinner early like uh, three or four hours before going to sleep then um yeah that's that makes things very easy and one thing that i found that works extremely well for me and i read it on um tim ferry's uh podcast um is actually before going to bed have a tea with a spoon of um um a spoon of honey and um apple cider and vinegar that seems to be working extremely well for me so i have just uh um yeah one of that uh, before going to bed and um and i go to bed and i sleep right away the other thing i've been doing uh recently the game works very well if you do all these three four things for me they work very well is um i do my journaling at night so i get my thoughts out of my head before going to sleep and then um, I have a kind of a meditation 10 minutes um, thing that I listen to, but I normally, yeah, after two minutes, <laughs> I'm gone. So, And so um, with the apple cider vinegar um, drink or tea that you make up, is it just apple cider vinegar and honey and hot water and nothing else? No, and, and also uh, um, I use uh, ginger, uh, a ginger tea. So oh, it's basically, I just, I just get a, a lemon and ginger tea and uh, a spoon of, um, a spoon of um, honey and apple cider vinegar. And um, yeah, it's, it, it really works um, great, at least for, for me. But I think, you know, sometimes, and maybe, I mean, you, you are the expert on it, sometimes also having a routine that you know that you're ticking all the boxes and then uh, makes me feel relaxed when I go um, when I go to sleep, uh, then my kids wake up in the middle of the night, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when we break out the whiskey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an interesting thing about, uh, you know, methods or supplements to fall asleep because one of the things I found in my research and, and other people have found, and obviously we deal with high end athletes or elite athletes, but even from my time working in the industry, you know, and here, this is a problem with human biology is that not one size fits all, you know, and you listen to a podcast and you'll find out, you know, this works, that works, and you try it and it doesn't work for you or can have the opposite effect. So, you know, what I, what I say, Luca, is like if what you're doing, if that, if that really helps, um, you know, for you to fall asleep, I think that's, that's excellent. I think a couple of things I'm really um, interested in what you do is the journaling before sleep. And I find that a lot of people, adults, particularly adults who may have kids, full-time job, or like me and you, are doing a, a range of different things, that uh, we, we, can, we can often find or feel like we're not kind of turning off in the evening or it's hard for us to wind down. So the journaling or writing a to-do list for the next day is, is a great way to kind of get those thoughts out of your head. And for me, that's one thing I do is I, I use the journaling as in, I will often write in the evening and it could be on anything, but it just seems to clear my head. And from that as well, I'll often make to-do lists for the next day. So I'm a big advocate of planning today for tomorrow because then you're not kind of going to bed worrying about stuff or waking up in the middle of the night with any sort of thoughts. Um, and I find that's really helpful. Um, what, what, does your yeah, absolutely. what does your journaling practice consist of, Luca? Do you have a, do you, do you use a kind of, philosophical approach to journaling? Do you take a quote and ponder on the quote and write about that? Do you just write about the day? Do you write about what you're going to do the next day? How, how do you approach that? Um, I've got two different uh, approaches and they, they, it really depends how my 
um, my day went. So one is actually to get all the the stuff that is overwhelming and worry me and put them in, down on paper. They're, they're normally around the day, how the day went. Um, I often find myself that um, if there is something that worries me or uh, I've not behaved correctly in a, in, a, in a way, for example, say with the kids that I don't feel like giving them enough attention or so on. I just need them to put them on, on paper. The other side that I'm, I'm trying to do is to also look at the positive uh, side of things and um, and basically just looking and writing down the things that I'm um, I'm happy about so that um, in that way also I find that he asked me putting things in perspective so the, the, the grateful what I'm grateful for so that uh, I go to bed with a sense of positiveness because as I said sometimes I just um, before going to bed you get all these um, negative stuff off, off your head but at the same time, you are left with a feeling of um, negativity. So I'm trying with a bit, bit of a gratitude, writing down the gratitude, the things I'm, I'm grateful for. I find that also at the same time, I go to bed with a, with a positive overall feeling. So it's a little bit more philosophical, but I guess my, yeah, my biggest problem is being inside my own head. And... Um, which also makes sense why I, I take on stupid running feeds. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the practice I, I use. So, Luca, are you, it sounds like, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to ask you, are you heavily influenced by stoicism? Um, no, yeah, no, no, heavily. I guess uh, there is um, there is um, um, an interest there, um, but um, so I must admit I haven't I haven't really looked into it. I know that uh, Tim Ferriss uh, uh, talk, talks a lot about stoicism, and uh, um, I, I really like Tim Ferriss in terms of uh, um, approach of life and and also the the stuff he writes. Um, I don't know. Is yeah. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't answer because, uh, to be honest, I don't know enough about stoicism to to um, to say whether or not I'm I'm truly aligned. Um, but I, I certainly believe that. I certainly believe that um, um, I'm more of a head person. So, in the sense that whatever I believe through in my head is what um, what my reality is. And, and therefore, and that applies again on uh, on a lot of things in on, in my life, but especially on my on my running. So in that sense, if there is a stoicism, then I'm I'm very close. Yeah, you sound like um, you sound like you you sound without even knowing it. You sound what I, I would call you if I didn't know you a stoic, and I would say you have elements of Buddhism in you as well. Um, and I think you're doing those things probably unknowingly, but I think they're they're um, some great rules for men. And I think uh, if you listen to some different podcasts or different stuff these days on different people, uh, I think a lot of men between 30 and 60 could probably benefit from some of these approaches, reflecting on life, being grateful, because I find a lot of people are kind of whinging these days and there's no need to whinge. Mm. We go to bed, we have the internet, we can talk, we can talk remotely like this. There's so many good things we're doing. Um, and it is easy to focus on the negative, like you said. And I, I've been guilty of that as well. But when we get up every morning, our two feet hit the ground. Man, it's a good day. It's yeah. shining. We live in a good country here for, you know, for most of us. We have a good life. And even some of us who aren't doing so well, in comparison to other countries, we're still doing okay. So I think there's a, some, good, some great benefits in what you're, um, what you're saying there. Yeah, it's 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 very uh, and obviously it's very hard because then um, um, yeah, you, it's very hard to do it, and uh, I fail most of the times. But I think that's the principle. At least I'm trying to um, to work towards. And um, when when I when I manage to do it in in that way, I feel way better. I, uh, I get up in the morning and I'm um, uh, I'm efficient. I found that I got I find clarity. And um, and, I sleep, and also going back to the sleep, if I do that, I sleep I sleep very well. It doesn't matter if it is five hours, six hours, uh, or eight, but I'll I'll wake up the time refreshed and um, I'm ready to 
stuck along a new day. So, and I find that, yeah, um, which is which is something that we'll probably have to discuss outside the podcast because I'll definitely need some help in um, in, in sleeping longer because, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I find that very hard at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, if anybody is listening or even for you, Luke, uh, if you are interested in stoicism or learning more about it, there is an excellent um, uh, blog site you can go to or it gives you a daily digest as well or an email um, which is called the Daily Stoic. And I think Tim Ferriss talks about this as well. Um, and that's an absolute brilliant place to start if you're interested in stoicism. They have exercises you can do, uh, readings in the newsletter. So if anybody's interested in stoicism, uh, head, to, head to the Daily Stoic and subscribe there. It's, it's quite interesting. Okay, look, I'm going to move off philosophy because I want to come back because recently you have been a little bit famous here in Australia. You've been on the SBS show Insight, which is, uh, I suppose, SBS is like a BBC in the UK or, I don't know, a PBS in, in the US. Uh, you, were, you were on that, Luca, uh, late last year because you, I suppose, you were on there with a panel of other lunatics like us. Um, but also, as well, you, you set a new Guinness World Record. Can you tell us about that Guinness World Record that you set? Yeah, I set the um, Guinness World Record for the further distance run on a treadmill in 24 hours, uh, which now stands for to, you know, on 261.18 kilometers. Jeez. So is it 261 <laughs> kilometers in 24 hours? Yeah, so it's basically an average pace of around 5.30, including all the toilet stops and uh, <laughs> uh, mental mental stops I had. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, a, again, an, an incredible, incredible experience. Um, the reason why I did it was uh, because of, again, another big fundraising event um, that I organized to raise funds for... Um, cancer prevention. In, the, in this particular case, we raised funds for a charity that helps uh, families um, affected by cancer, so families that have uh, children affected by cancer. And, and this started because of uh, a personal experience in the sense that um, we had to take our son to the hospital and, um, and we basically realized how lucky we were, how worried we were because uh, we had to take him to the hospital, but at the same time, as soon as we walked in, how lucky we were because it was nothing, something very straightforward compared to the people around us. And uh, that basically drove me to uh, try to to help these uh, these families. And um, anyway, that was um, an event that we hosted in uh, Sydney at the Fitness uh, Expo. Um, so in Darling Harbour in Sydney and it was myself running solo on a treadmill and then next to me there was um, a female team of 12 runners and a male team of 12 runners also going for their own respective 24 hours um, uh, record on a treadmill. So and in that day then we had um, we broke three world records so the female team uh, they run 360 something kilometers. Uh, the male team, the male team, run 420 kilometers, uh, and I run uh, 261. So on both of the female and male team, uh, we had uh, like champions, we had um, Olympians, and we had uh, the winners of different uh, city to surf uh, marathons and half marathons. So there were two key cast teams. And um, they they helped me along the 24 hours because just uh, just um, running alongside them um, just inspired me to push on and um, and also the fact that I I asked this guy to to come and and run in the middle of the night together with me and for me that was also motivation not to let them down. Um, and I couldn't just turn around, you know, and say, "Oh, it's our number 18. I'm tired. I'm gonna stop." Um, so it was um, it was really really a great feeling. And then to, by the by the end of the the event, the three teams we were all essentially together. One thing we were all cheering each other, and um, it was just um, an an incredible experience of uh, of team effort and um 
and yeah so but i was as you said i was um i was lucky to be invited at um sps um where uh, basically the night was about um people pushing their limits and together um on on the stage alongside myself there was um one um female rider uh with us unsupported rides across across the world uh there was a free diver which goes down 100 meters in with one breath and then there was another um lunatic runner that uh <laughs> would run for 55 days i think consecutive around the block in in the US um so so yeah i was almost the most sane one on stage i think <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting because some people will say to us in a work environment, man, that's crazy that you're on even just a marathon or you're on 100 Ks or even 100 miles. And then the next step up, what you're doing, Luca, like 260 Ks in a day. But then there's people like um, on episode nine of this podcast, I had Gavin McClurk. And Gavin is a Patagonia-sponsored uh, athlete uh, based in the US who competes in things like the Red Bull X Alps, where... It, you hand glide and run like over a thousand kilometers from Salzburg in Austria to Monaco. They do that for like 10 days in a row. He's also done things like, you know, where he's, you know, gone uh, in Alaska for like hundreds of miles on his own, like sledding and running. And look at those guys. And you're just like, ah, what we do is absolutely nothing. You know, it's like, <laughs> there's, there's levels to the craziness, you know? So it's interesting. It's interesting that you're saying that you felt you know, there was even crazier people, you know, on, on the show yeah. too, because, yeah, there's just levels to it, isn't there? That's what people do. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's all about perspective as well, in the sense <laughs> that, um, yeah, when, when you are involved in first person, I think you see things from a different, um, for, from, from a different point of view. So in, in my case, um, I, I ran for 260K, uh, on the treadmill, but at the same time, I know what I went through in terms of training, and and I know that after a while, it's just a matter of uh, keep moving and get your legs moving, keeping your head clear, and just uh, let the time uh, pass. And uh, and I think for for others, when uh, when I talk to just some people that maybe never run a marathon, just the number of saying a marathon scares them. But if you say, could you run for three hours or three and a half hours, maybe that is a perspective that they um, they can comprehend a little bit more. So it's, it's really is um, yeah, is really depends on your your perspective. But uh, there are plenty of crazy people out there. So I'm just <laughs> at the beginning of my journey. <laughs> yeah, and and Luca, there might be some people listening to this and thinking, oh, that's all right for Luca. You know, maybe he was an athlete before he started running. Let's just be clear. You were never a professional athlete before 2011 or 12. You've never had professional coaching. You weren't an athlete that crossed over like from, you know, elite javelin or elite running in another discipline. You were, you were, a, you were a guy working in an office, going to work every day, maybe just keeping fit. There was no crazy other sport. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. The the crazy sport uh, I did when I was a kid, from the age of sixteen to twenty nine, was to smoke a packet a day and uh, drink a lot of beer. So my my background is definitely now into into sport. And um, yeah, as I was growing up, I was pretty pretty unhealthy and. Um, yeah, I started running when I moved to Australia in 2008. Before that, I I did uh, two um, triathlons in um, uh, when I lived in London, uh, just in 2007, 2006. But again, they were the result of um, being out drinking one night and having friends signing you up for the craziest thing they could find. So I did uh, a couple of uh, I survived a couple of um, uh, sprint triathlons, but but essentially, I started running um, at the age of 30 uh, yeah. when I moved to Australia. And the reason was um, because, again, as I said, probably um, uh, I might come around as a psychopath, but I, I had really a lot of troubles finding work because I moved at the top of the uh, financial crisis. And um, I was getting very stressed because it took me a few months 
from to to find a job so i just moved from london uh, to australia and i couldn't find a job and my neighbor told me that i was pretty stressed and he said ah come come out and let's go for a run together so i i started go i started off and um we i think we did two or three k and by the end of it I, i almost collapsed and then um two weeks later i stopped smoking because um just running something clicked with the running and um and i kept kept at it and I stopped smoking and um basically my life completely changed in um in a space of a few years and um again i never had um uh, professional training and uh, i just started um running longer and longer and um and then when i lost my mom to to cancer there was basically running became my method my way to um figuring out what was happening and uh, trying to make sense and i guess from there it just uh, progressed and um yeah added different layers of i guess um the fundraising aspects the way running makes me feel um and so on that's how it turned out to 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 be able to run for 24 hours on a on a treadmill but, um yeah never never being an athlete and um yeah my background was um completely the opposite i could not i could not even um understand why people would run in the first place or <laughs> run on a treadmill <laughs> so so yeah and but but i guess that's, that's the beauty of running or that you can take it on it doesn't doesn't cost you anything to take on a sport like running and the longer if you keep at it for two or three weeks you start seeing the benefits and um you just uh, naturally progress or um, yeah yeah i'd have to echo support in what you're saying there i know for me um you know i can be quite susceptible to you know about to feel a low I suppose depression and like anybody and when i feel a happening or i feel like my mood is starting to change a lot that's when i start running more or doing more aerobic exercise because for me it's like the i know i have to do it um and it seems to once my body sort of gets moving like that and starts sweating i start running up and down hills and i start moving a lot it seems to clear my mind so yeah i i'd echo that as well it's like my biggest <laughs> antidepressant that i ever do or use in my life and so even though i'm not training for anything at the moment that's why i still like to get some runs in during the week that's just a maintenance um aspect yeah absolutely absolutely and i think uh, i haven't worked out exactly what it is about the running or the um the sweating that does it i think what i find is that you can't lie to yourself after two or three hours that you are out there running so uh, at one point all the um, i call them bullshit that um it's happening in your head not having a clear perspective and all the winging of uh, life is hard and work is hard and blah 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 when you are out there running for two three four hours and you got a big hill in front of you you just need that mental um even that mental energy that you were previously wasting away with uh, stressing about um no nothing of value you just need to concentrate that and use that energy in your legs to get you up at the up the hill and i think that's that's for me probably what um what running does um and i find that the longer i i go with um with my runs and my um crazy ideas then uh yeah the the more clear i get and the more back to basic um i go so even now when i go for my long training runs um they if if they are four or five hours i come back and i'm the happiest person the most energetic person uh you you'll see around and it's quite funny because if i stay in bed and i get up uh i'm lazy but if i go out and then then have a four or five hours run i come back and i'm energetic so go figure <laughs> yeah it's it's not what you would think to do to make you feel more energized but in actual fact that has that effect you know and i i actually find look it's interesting to talk about kind of clearing the bullshit from your head because i find in training like brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling arts 
and then doing ultras, I find there's actually a lot of crossover. And people kind of look at me and go, two different energy systems, two different types of activity, they're not really linked. Well, I think they are linked. And like one thing I find is from a self-defense perspective, if you can run, that's a good self-defense, pers- um, the, f- the first line of self-defense. And then if you do get into a fight, well, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was quite good at defending yourself as well. So there's that link there. But secondly, the biggest link for me is that when you're in those things, with ultra running particularly, particularly the more remote and the more kind of mountainous and wild it is, the more I feel I'm in the moment. And when you are sparring in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you have to be in the moment. Because if you're not in the moment in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, someone's going to choke you, apply a lock, whatever it's going to be. So you can't think about the bullshit of life. You have to be in the moment. And when, as you know as well, when you're running through a mountain and it's, you know, the terrain is changing and you're running out and you're running down, down a hill and you're kind of, you know, ducking left and right and then through bushes, you have to be in the moment. You can't be thinking about the cat or the bill I have to pay or what I said to someone two weeks ago in that moment. You have to be tuned in. You just really have to be kind of in the moment. And then once you get in the moment, that's when all the crazy stuff then in the back of your head starts filtering out from 30 years ago. It seems to be you get in a state of flow is what I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, state of flow or being um, in the zone. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just great. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I should try the jiu-jitsu as well. So my, my strategy for now is uh, if someone attacks me, I'll say just uh, just um, run run after me. I can do this for the whole day. So. <laughs> That's what I said to the guys in jiu-jitsu who can beat me. I said to them, yeah, it's all right because I said I'll just run away. So, so yeah. So, look, now from the Guinness World Record and this um, the inside show and so on, and over the last few years, you've kind of scaled back your working life and you've um, – you kind of started this treadmill challenge um, that you do with different corporations. Can you tell us about that treadmill challenge and how that, how that works and what happens with companies? Yeah, so this is something that I started um, literally uh, a couple of weeks before my first ever fundraiser. So I used to work for um, um, for Macquarie Bank. So as a, I used to be an IT person, and um, essentially before going to Italy and run my my marathons there, I figured that all my friends and colleagues were in Sydney. So I wanted to find a way to get them involved because um, I thought that beside everything, just uh, being involved, doing something active, that was uh, my, my message. So um, I went down to my local gym uh, at the time and then um, I said, look, why don't we organize a, a corporate treadmill marathon, essentially a challenge for corporates to put a team together between four and 21 people and run a marathon relay style in less than four hours. So essentially it's more about the teamwork, getting the team together, uh, team bonding, camaraderie, and also to get um, people that might not be runners to try and give it a try to to run with their teammates. And um, basically it was extremely successful. Um, In 2012, we sent, I think, two emails out and uh, we had a gym full, we had uh, 10 teams, and we raised uh, uh, $28,000 in, in one afternoon. Ooh. And um, things from there basically progressed uh, one year at a time. So the first year, we did it only one gym. The second year, um, I didn't want to do it, and the gym came back to me and said, can we do it again? Um, and I said, okay, let's try. Let's see whether we were just lucky the first year. And um, we did it again, and we raised $35,000. And then from then on, basically year after year, we, we added one gym. Um, I took a break from my um, IT work for six months to start Outrun Cancer, to get a website up, to do all the, the paperwork and incorporate the company and so on. Um, then I went back to IT work, and um, we carried on to fast forward to today. We have uh, now six uh, events happening in Sydney. Uh, they all happen on the same day. So we have uh, six locations. We have around 500 to 600 people 
uh, running um, around 20 of the big um, corporates here in Sydney. And, um, and yeah, I left uh, once again my full-time job now to basically, um, yeah, just work full-time or in full-time capacity onto Outrun Cancer. Um, what I'm very proud of is that um, basically the running is, um, is a way to raise awareness and funds for uh, specific cancer prevention projects. So over the year, over the years, we raised um, around $560,000 and we, um, we sponsored different projects. The first project was uh, a PhD study for four years on the links between cancer, physical activity and diet. Uh, we fully funded that. Uh, another project we funded was um, a website for healthy lunch boxes for kids. Um, again, we fully funded that uh, was a $100,000 project and now has been launched this year. And, um, and now we've got our uh, biggest project today is a $200,000 project on um, um, against the unhealthy marketing of food to children. So um, getting people involved through the running, getting the corporates on board has really, really helped us to scale the fundraising and also to be able to sponsor specific projects, which um, I think um, resonate very well with the uh, corporates because in the same way you run a, a project at work and you see the results at the end, uh, the same thing we are doing with Outrun Cancer. Instead of just um, uh, funding the, the big charity, we select the projects um, so that we can see the start and the finish and we can see the results. So, um, yeah. So, look, you're, you're hitting a lot of, like, you know, sort of goals here. You're getting people active at work. Uh, people are raising money for a charity. It's good team building. It's good corporate social responsibility for those companies. It's hitting the goal that you want to do and raising money and getting people active. You've got PhD studies happening here as well, which is excellent. Um, and you're, you're directing sort of where this research goes and, and how we can improve it. This is like, this is a, a multifaceted approach. It's not, just, it's not just a case of putting cash into a tin and walking away. Yeah, no, look, and, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely sometimes I wake up and I think, oh, wh why am I making my life so, so, so complex? It could be, uh, it could be much, much easier. So to give you an example, I've, I wake up sometimes thinking, well, if I kept my IT job back then, maybe I could have even given away to charity the uh, 10%, 20%, say even you give away 50 grand a year um, to charity. But I think, as you just pointed out, I think the, 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 the ripple effect that um, something like Outran Cancer has the potential to do is actually to change people's life. And besides the, the, the amount of money that obviously one person can only give as much and then uh, while a, col a collective of persons can, can raise more funds. But uh, I think it's also the, the power of changing perspective to people that for me was very, very important. And also at the physical level, what I, I like is that um, I, I have two examples of two people that never ran before. They started running um, during the corporate treadmill marathon, and one of them ended up running his own marathon um, like a few years later. And that was, for me, that was one of the um, highlights because um, he, he would have started somewhere else running uh, if that was a part of his destiny, but he, he decided and he started running because of Outrun Cancer. So something that I'm, I'm very proud of. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's that's amazing. Like you say, the change of people's lives and the ripple effect of that is just, yeah, it's unbelievable. It must, it must be a good feeling because many of us do a job and we go home, we feel like we're not making a difference. But, you know, you can, you, like you say, you're truly changing people's lives and even the money that you're raising can literally save people's lives as well because it's been directed towards that prevention as well of cancer. Yeah, exactly, and it's a it's a long journey. And um, again, I'm um, you you caught me on a, on a day where I'm extremely positive, uh, <laughs> I suppose, 
<laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the the reality is also that um, I it's it's a it's a long process. It's an ultra marathon as well to to create ultra cancer to be able to to basically being able to pay for my time as well. So um, as you say, because of uh, the 24 hours on the treadmill and all the activities we've done up uh, up to last year. Um, last September, I took um, a, deep, a, a big uh, jump in uh, jump in the unknown, and um, I've yeah I've quit my own job and I'm trying to uh, to to start uh, Altran Cancer. So the the big vision is to have Altran Cancer as a national event, and we are working with some partnership with uh, different health clubs to be able to achieve that. But imagine if instead of having just uh, five of these events, you had the all of Australia uh, behind and you can have one month a year where people are running and raising funds for prevention. The the change that they will make would be uh, would be incredible. So um, hopefully I can, um, I, I can get Altran Cancer to that extra level or find a way to make it possible in the future. So, great, great point, Luca, because that, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, is if we have people out there maybe listening in different states, not New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, even over here in Western Australia, and they're thinking to themselves, man, it'd be awesome to have one of these treadmill challenges. Can, can they be organised in other states? How, how do they go about doing that? Can they contact you around that? How, how does that work? So my uh, my first answer is always yes we can. So um, it it is possible to to organize. Um, I guess the um, I'm the main point of contact um, at this stage. And as I said, we are working with different um, health clubs to have um, sort of an agreement and a partnership for long term. And uh, generally. What we do is we have a lot of interest from Cancer Council, for example, they want us to explore um, different areas where we can host the, the corporate treadmill marathon. And um, I think when we start having um, some interest, interest from the corporates um, of that area, when we have two or three corporates uh, who would like to run the event, then we can look at um, coming in and, and organize and deploy the event. The way we um, we have designed the event is all is very simple to go to a new location, to a new gym, or even to a new corporate, and just uh, bring the treadmills in and just run the events. And um, yeah, I think it's more about getting the the, the strong interest from um, the, the community. For the, to give you an example, um, if uh, if we were to say, uh, let's go and run an event in Perth, um, when we have uh, even just three corporates who said, okay, I'm going to put a team together, I know for a fact that it's very likely that we're going to have uh, six or seven corporates because as soon as you have one corporate on, then uh, then next door neighbor don't 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 want to miss out and they sign up as well and then very quickly you can um uh through word of mouth you can tell more and more corporates and um yeah they normally get behind i think we are very lucky here in australia that um all the corporates i contacted so far they're all being very supportive and um yeah, so it is possible to um, to run events um, everywhere, um, and that's the, our <laughs> ultimate goal, really. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's great to know. So we'll, we'll put the contact details for Luca in the show notes of this episode, and we'll be able to contact Luca directly if you're interested. So Luca, just finishing up now. What what what's in store for 2018? Any crazy challenges or? Are you pumping all your energy into the into the treadmill challenge? Is that enough, <laughs> or any new world records you want to break? Uh, uh, I'll leave the twenty four hours world record for you. Um, <laughs> so give, give it a try. I think we we got a similar mindset, so you probably do uh, better than you you believe possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, now two thousand and eighteen for me is um, um, I'm putting a lot of energy on the ultra uh, cancer but also on my own um, running. So I'm trying to 
in a couple of months, I'll be going down to Canberra, where I'll run for 24 hours around the track. And I'm trying to get a qualifier for um, the World Championships. And um, they're going to be in 2019 in Austria. And um, I would be very proud if I could get a, a, a time or a distance uh, which qualifies me for the Australian team. So I'm definitely going to go down and give it my best shot um, to be able to, uh, to join the team. Um, then I have um, developed um, a program that I call the 5 in 5. Uh, which is uh, getting people to run, to train and run with me five marathons in five days. And um, this is a program I, I started this year. Uh, we got the first trial with uh, one runner um, happening in, um, in April. So it is a 18 weeks um, training program. And um, uh, this runner that wants to remain um, unnamed for now, uh, he's gonna um, he's gonna run with me. He's been uh, following the program and he's gonna run with me uh, five marathons in five days at the end of April. And then um, I guess my last big uh, this is still on still on the on the dream side in the sense that we are still looking for uh, partners to fund it. But um, I'm looking to do a run in Italy again from the top of Italy to the bottom of Italy. It's around 2,000 kilometers, and um, I love to do that in 40 days. So 50 kilometers a day for 40 days. And um, this is a project I've been um, um, putting together with uh, Pat Farmer that you might, you might know and probably for the benefit of listener. Pat Farmer is another ultra-distance runner uh, who is known worldwide for having run from the North Pole to the South Pole. So someone with, uh, with experience um, of um, really crazy, crazy stuff. But we're trying to make this uh, project happen. Um, yeah, as I said, that it will be to run from the top of the Mont Blanc all the way down to the tip of Sicily um, in, um, in 40 days. And, um, and obviously, oh, through, throughout the way, knock on all the nonas' houses and uh, have a lot of uh, pasta and wine and coffee. I might just go for the pasta and coffee. <laughs> what you want. Well, I will, de- yeah, I, will definitely, I will definitely invite you over, you know that, when, um, if we... If we make this happen, there will be there will be a lot of fun. Because interesting enough, um, as part of that run, um, there was also some interest in doing some studies on a sleeping pattern. And um, and yeah, I'll I'll be I'll I'll love to to work with you on that as well. Because when you when you start doing events over multiple days, um, yeah, I think sleeping becomes so important so it would be very interesting to actually do a little bit more uh, work um, about caffeine and about also sleeping patterns and and how things work in um in, in yeah in, in an event that lasts for 40 days yeah i just made some notes here as we were speaking i think we should uh off this podcast speak about even the the treadmill challenges around monitoring sleep for those people uh, maybe we can look at doing some studies on that and then some of these challenges you're, you're speaking about as well. So I think there's definitely some ways we can tap into the research here to help some students or, um, or make up, publish some papers or, or add to what you guys are doing as well. So um, again, yeah. we can hit multiple goals. Yeah. Awesome, look at Listen, this has been a really interesting conversation for me and even though we've met a number of times and spoken, it's, it's been really interesting to hear um, you know the rationale behind doing the, the 20 marathons in 20 days um, I knew elements of that story but didn't know at all it's uh, it's great to hear about the, the journaling and clearing your head for sleep and some of the things that you do around managing that I think it's I think it's really good and listeners will really like it a lot of people enjoy the practical aspect of this podcast when it's good to talk about the science and the theory and the hypothesis and hear all the stuff that's happening in a research perspective, it's also great to, to, to speak to people like yourself who are out there trying to make a change positive for people, improve people's health, raise some money for, uh, for cancer to try and prevent it, and also changing people's lives. You know, it's, 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 pretty, 
it's all inspiring. So, Luca, congratulations um, what you've achieved to date. I know it's only the start of great things for you. It's it's very it's very uh, inspiring and empowering, and you've made me sit up straight and listen and think about some of the stuff that I might have to do next year. Um, because I, I think I could be doing more too. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, I know some people want to get up off the couch after listening to this and, and maybe go out there and do a run. And if you do, take it easy. Get into it nice and easy. You only got to do a few Ks. Listen to Luca's story. He started off with two or three Ks. Small incremental changes each day. Small incremental improvements. And you know he can he can reach those goals as uh, Luca has described. So, yeah. And absolutely, one thing I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, like to add is that uh, sometimes, especially when you start, you, you think you are limited by your muscles, by your legs. I truly believe that uh, we are limited of, on the belief system that we have. So as soon as we start changing our belief system, um, you, you, you can go longer and faster than you ever thought possible. And I think that was um, something I took away from, um, from the 24 hours running and, uh, and uh, something that I, I feel very, very strong about is that we, um, our perception of effort is what we, we believe is the limit. Um, in reality, our body can, can go for, for much longer than what we think possible. So, um, yeah, it's a, a lot of time it's a matter of believing you can do it to actually be able to do it. Yeah, no, I fully agree with Sarah. It's one of, it's one of the comments of the Leadville 100 miler is, you know, you can do more than you think you can. And I think that, that applies to every aspect of life. Yeah. Luca, thank you very much for coming on Sleep for Performance Radio today. For um, those guests listening, we'll put all the information in the show notes to Outrun Cancer. We'll put the links to any of Luca's social media in there as well, his email address as well. And you can bombard Luca with requests <laughs> to do the treadmill challenge in your town because you've got to do this. It's now I want to do it. So you've got to do it. Get, bring it to Perth. Bring it to Brisbane. Bring it to Melbourne. Bring it to Adelaide. Even bring it to Alice Springs in Darwin. Jump on the phone. Get on the email. Contact Luca today. Luca, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time, man. All the best for 2018. Thank you for having me and congratulations for your show and your PhD again. Thank you, Luca. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take your pictures down and shake it out